people throughout my life have never been able to place me either. So I do feel like a little bit of kindred from Rodney in that we're both kind of these little kind of, I don't know, genetic wanderers, shall we say? Welcome to The Consult Room, the podcast that celebrates pets and people. I'm Dr. Paul Mangtelow. I'm a veterinary surgeon with a passion for the rich insights and stories about pets in the modern world that we live. Whether you're a pet owner, a pet professional, or you just love hearing about pets, then this is the space for you. I actually couldn't be more excited about today's episode, even if I try. Uh, I recently filmed a piece for ITV on the subject of DNA testing for dogs. And as part of the feature, we actually did a real test on Rodney. So today I'm getting his results live on the show. Now, I woke up this morning and my first thought was of those trashy human chat shows where they do these dramatic DNA tests to find out who the father is, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous. I mean, of course, I know I'm Rodney's father, but that's not what we're testing today. I can't help feeling that there's still a sense of anxiety and drama around this. Um, but today's guest has the very important task of bringing this conversation back to the scientific level that everybody would expect and to manage my ridiculous excitement. Welcome to Georgina Richardson, who actually performed Rodney's DNA test live on TV and has been fiercely guarding his results until today. Georgina is the head of UK for Kinship, the innovation division of Mars Pet Care, responsible for Wisdom Panel, the world's most accurate DNA test for dogs. Georgina has an extensive career in cutting edge technologies around the pet industry. And as a proud pet parent to dogs Dudley and Herbie, she understands firsthand the needs of millennial pet owners, which is instrumental to the growth of Kinship's products. Georgina, welcome to the consult room. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. I do have to ask, why am I so excited right now? I presume I'm not the only one that gets excited about their dog's DNA results, but, but why do people look forward to this so much? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think your excitement is is infectious. I can feel it. So I think, um, you know, people are really excited just to satisfy a, a curiosity. You know, no matter what age of the pet, the dog or the cat, you know, getting to know your dog's breed is, is especially if you, you've had suspicions or kind of, you know, a bit of guessing. You know, it's just really great to satisfy that curiosity. But moreover than that, you know, you, you get to put an identity on him, truly. Now, I'm going to have to be really disciplined yeah. <laughs> during this podcast because uh, I know you've got Rodney's results right there. I but do I'm have be- them in front of me. I know. I'm beyond desperate to see them. However, we do need to talk about the science first. Now, if I recall, DNA mapping started back in the early 2000s with That's the right. hu- the Human Genome Project. Now, this was a huge scientific breakthrough, but dog DNA mapping just started, like, immediately afterwards and I think it was a boxer called Tasha I think was the first first dog um but of all all the species uh, why do you think dogs are so interesting to us well other than the fact that they're man's best friend you know getting closer to our to our dogs is absolutely crucial dogs actually were prioritized for so many reasons that you know they're they're really an excellent model for for human health conditions so being able to detect um cancers for example and other human health conditions and mapping them back to the canine species is something that's really interesting to scientists um dogs are complex as well you know we can really understand a lot about their about their life expectancy about their potential disease risk about their traits um and dog breeding you know has, has been 
in, in history for years. So it's something that, you know, is very, very important to, to understand. When I was doing a little bit of research before this podcast, it, I did think about something which was really obvious, but also really interesting, is that with human intervention on dog breeding, we've we've almost squeezed, you know, a lot of uh, kind of, if you like, evolution of characteristics and dna uh, and actually forced a lot of it probably quite unnaturally so within one species you've got such genetically diverse examples so yeah it just it was really interesting to see this is probably quite a unique species in that respect isn't it absolutely yeah i think you know as as humans as we start to um breed dogs and cats for for what we want and what's desirable to us you know it's really important that even more so to get closer to the genetic diversity within within the animal to ensure that we're breeding safely so when we filmed the itvps loads of people contacted me afterwards and they were like what breed is rodney have you found out his results yet but this is more about just breed isn't it so what else am i going to find out today absolutely look i think when people think about dog DNA and, and being able to detect um, information about their dog, perhaps the first thing they think about is breed. You know, when we think about human um, DNA tests, we think about ancestry. So, you know, yes, obviously we, we are a DNA testing business. We're going to be able to detect the breed of Rodney. But deeper than that, we want to be able to inform you of his genetic health risks and any complications there. We want to be able to connect you with the right information around any um, relatives that Rodney may have within our database. So Wisdom Panel as a business has DNA tested 3 million pets globally. And so somewhere, somehow in our system, perhaps Rodney's got some long lost brothers or sisters or perhaps even parents or grandparents. So it's really informative for people to be able to know their their whole dog is what we say. Also physically, you know, it's traits and it's appearance and we're going to be able to detect information there for you. So there's a lot in there, isn't there? I'm going to unpack that, I think, a little bit and just explore it. Um, in terms of the the breed information, like, you know, obviously that's that's the bit that's going to, you know, be really exciting to hear. But how could that help me as Rodney's owner in kind of, you know, caring for him going forwards? Absolutely. So we, we talk about um, understanding your, your dog's breed is, is really important for being able to tailor things like nutrition. You know, if you're really able to understand the primary breed mixes within your pet, you're able to provide the right mix of, of nutrition for that, that breed. Mm. Also exercise requirements, making sure that the, the, the pet is getting the right adequate amount of exercise. And then really behavior and training is a big one, right? When, and more, moreover, even more importantly, even more recently with, with behavior becoming a real pain point for pet owners, um, being able to understand how you can tailor and amend your training based on um, the, the dog's breed. And then from a health point of view, you know, there are some genetic health tests, which are obviously very important for the veterinarian to understand. Wow. So immediately it's turned from um, just a bit of information to actually there's quite a lot of action I need to take on the back of this. Um, so that'd be really good to understand as we uh, when we do the reveal. So um, the other bit that you just talked about there, which I thought was really interesting, was the the relatives. Now, immediately, I think of kind of these Ancestry.com type, you know, scenarios where you can find long lost relatives and, you know, share stories and photos and things like that. But but I think there's probably quite a, another valuable um, reason for that in terms of r regulating and, and preventing 
excessive inbreeding is that is that positioned in in the results as well yes so we we test for genetic diversity so we're able to determine you know the, the the closeness in terms of rodney's dna to other dogs within our database but then you know if you were interested in breeding breeding rodney we do recommend that that every dog that is you know is a subject of breeding does get a test to ensure that there is no cross crossover i think really important in dogs like labradors um where there's there's a lot you know and and we need to make sure that there is that genetic diversity to prevent any inbreeding um i own a dash hound so in, in, and actually a dapple dash hound so really again important to understand that you know what i can and can't do as a pet owner if i was interested in breeding him so we are finding more what we call hobby breeders you know people that are mm. you know breeding their dogs on a on a on a on the idea that perhaps they would like another puppy or Perhaps they, you know, um, see it as an opportunity to bring more great dogs into the world. So, you know, it's just really important that people um, understand their responsibilities as a pet parent, first of all, and then beyond that, if they are interested in breeding. But going back to the relatives piece, there must be some lovely stories that you have um, or kind of examples of, you know, where this has been a really beneficial thing to understand endless stories paul and i think this is kind of what drives me every day to do to do your job is is understanding you know the meaning behind owning a dog and and, and particularly if you're in a rescue pet you know what is its background that curiosity of really wanting to understand and 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 in order to be able to provide the the best for them you know and it, we have got um so many stories if a few spring to mind um one is one is actually just last week. I received an email from a lovely lady who had um, DNA tested uh, a dog out in a rescue shelter out in Greece who had, um, you know, she was a volunteer for the charity and she'd taken some DNA kits out with her. Um, and the reason for that was just she wanted to help the dogs that had been in the shelters for a long time, um, you know, perhaps weren't getting interest for whatever reason. Um, and she called the DNA test results the dogs get out of jail free card because we saw that that dog was rehomed immediately afterwards on the notion that the pet owner then knew more about their pets. So this idea that we can really help forgotten dogs, I think, is really, really powerful and kind of brings a bit of a tear to my eye, to be honest, because it's just so heartwarming and wonderful. Um, and then just, you know, on a lighter note, just some really cool stories like got contacted by um somebody to say hey look it looks like i can't believe it but blue's um brother is in the same town as me we rehomed him t um four years ago and we really want to be able to connect with his his brother on his birthday they wanted to throw them a joint birthday party oh, no. which again was so cute you know this idea that you can bring joy to not only the dog but the pet parent as well so lots of wonderful stories which just you know melt my heart a bit Oh no! Right, okay. I'm getting a bit emotional now. So let's. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of the rescue situation, do you think that could be a way of helping dogs in rescue finding homes? Absolutely. Look, we we at Wisdom Panel don't um, suggest every dog has a DNA test, but certainly if it's something that you know um, rescue shelters want to to do to to not only understand you know the breed mix but equally you know its history and be able to provide that pet owner with some more information i think could really be very very powerful there's a caution around it just making sure that you know it it doesn't 
do the opposite mm. you know perhaps if if there are breeds which have superstitions around them that are detected within within certain dogs you know does that make the matters worse so we just have to be cautious that we don't use it in the wrong way but i think um i certainly would would feel extremely informed if i had information that came from my rescue charity and um, perhaps there's so much to go out there georgine i think we need to have uh, a completely separate conversation <laughs> about that because i'd love, love to I would love to explore that with you. Uh, going back to the test itself then. So another area is health. Uh, yes. And you mentioned kind of genetic disorders and, and things like that. So w- what can be done if that flags up on a DNA test? Yes. So the DNA test we did on Rodney was our premium test, which checks for over 210 different genetic health tests, which is 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 probably too many for you to be able to trawl through mm. them all. So there's a lot there's a lot in there there's a lot we unpack there are more there are tests which are you know more likely to be prevalent in perhaps Rodney's breed I can't say which at this point um but you know what can be done so as an example we check for a few and common genetic disorders for example the MDR1 gene which is a medication sensitivity so therefore perhaps you might avoid certain medications speak to the vet about the fact that he has this certain genotype and perhaps needs to avoid um, tablet form drugs for example you know if if he's unwell perhaps it's important that the vet knows that um, in labradors we see um, an, an obesity associated gene or obesity risk gene called the pomc which is um if, you know you might notice your dog overeats was very very interested in food which is is very very um common in labradors and we hear labrador owners all the time say oh yeah my dog definitely has that um but it's an increased appetite which may you know the dog may show signs of being hungry even after it's eaten a meal and so you know how do you manage that from a diet point of view to ensure the dog doesn't become obese um, and then really you know very important things like um just another example be perhaps exercise induced collapse you know is there a neuromuscular disorder are there mobility disorders is there anything going on with his potential degenerative in in terms of his eyes or his hearing um so it's really more about knowing the the deep dna of your dog to to ensure that you can make proactive steps in later life to be able to make sure that he has what he needs still perhaps if any of these do come to light for him how interested are insurance companies in this kind of information? I've spoken to a few and, and they're very interested in the breed information. Very, very interested in the breed information. But I would say that it's quite progressive. Um, and in the UK, I think the idea of, you know, breed specific insurance or perhaps um, genetic health risk based insurance is something that is probably quite far from where we are today. Um, the innovation there is not is not quite there. When, you know, Pet parents have a reservation in some ways about will my insurer be told about this information? And the answer is absolutely not, just in case mm. anyone's curious. But I would personally love to see some progressive work done in the innovation space within insurance to see what could be done mm. to really um, drive not only, you know, perhaps genetic based or even health based or health risk based insurance rather than just how we currently commonly price insurance. So so much information in there that could be useful in the future like you say it looks like an area for a huge amount of research doesn't it matching up those different areas but yeah finally we've got traits which my understanding is physical features and attributes so what kind of things do you tell people in this section and and what what could i do with this information 
Yeah. So within the test, we check for 35 trait tests. Okay. So it's really around understanding your dog's appearance. So you, you may know what it looks like, but you might want to demystify some of those physical traits, for example, like why does it have pointy ears or why is its coat longer than perhaps I thought it should be? Um, why is its fur silky or why does it feel rough? You know, so it's really about, again, understanding and satisfying why does my dog look the way it looks. Um, within the traits test, we're going to check for things like general appearance, the coat and colouring, and then any distinctive sort of physical traits. So things like coat colour, what we call furnishings, interesting for pet owners to understand why has my dog got blue eyes, for example, or mm. floppy ears. Yeah, so really around just physical appearance. So of those four kind of areas, what's the biggest reason that people are drawn to DNA testing? The big, the absolute big cu breed curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, if you speak to um, 100 pet owners, um, many will say, you know, breed is the most important thing what we're seeing more more recently is we start to tap into a new gener generation of pet owners who have more of a thirst for their own health information you know actually you can take it one level deeper so we see a high number of pedigree dog owners coming to wisdom panel to dna test their dog now you know, if you have a labrador you're pretty sure it's a labrador Okay, so they're not coming to us to detect whether or not it's a Labrador or not. That's not the purpose of our product. But actually, it's to understand its health, its relatives, its ability to have physical um, traits, which, which may indicate, you know, something interesting to the pet owner. So it's it's becoming more about um, aligning human health with pet health. And we seem to care as much, if not more, about a dog's health than we do our own. And so it really is about going that level deeper. So it's an emergence. There's still a lack of education around genetic health within dogs, um, and, and even less so in cats, actually. And we, you know, we're starting to see vets recommend the product, which is amazing. You know, I would personally love to see DNA testing in dogs as ubiquitous as microchipping, because if everybody has to get a microchip, you know, everybody should have to have a DNA test, and it's it's somehow affordable for all. You know, because I think it's a really responsible way to own a dog. When we did the DNA test on Rodney, I did actually go away and look at DNA testing in humans. Uh, so yeah. it is on the cards. I am going to do it. However, I wanted to wait and see what the results with Rodney. So if today's traumatic for me, then I'm not I'm not going to go and do it myself. <laughs> um, so just before um, we kind of get to the big event, I just want to understand the science the, behind the test itself. So how did we get from the cheek swabs that you took um, a few weeks ago to the report that we're going to see before us? What, what, how does it work? Yeah, really good question. So we took a cheek swab of Rodney's DNA. Um, it was a really simple process, just took sort of 15 seconds or so. What happens from there is that I sent it back to our lab um, in Scotland. And then really that's where the magic happens. So the extraction of DNA process starts and we um, extract and, and then I guess run that DNA against a huge reference database to identify similar patterns um, and, and therefore, another reason why every dog should get DNA tested is because the more samples we have, the more potential matches, which means the more accurate the results. 
So again, if we think about the accuracy, when you do a human DNA test, it changes and evolves over time. You know, you'll be 1% something tomorrow, maybe 2% in a year's time as they learn more about people similar to me, right? So we're, we're making um, millions and millions and millions of comparisons within the DNA database. Um, Wisdom Panel actually has the largest. So we are, um, you know, proud to say we've got the biggest canine database globally. So we're able to make quite accurate um, results comparisons. So we'll say that our tests are over 98% accurate. Um, and then what happens from there is once the DNA has been, I suppose, pushed through the process and compared through the, through our database, we reveal the results back to you. And that whole process takes about two to three weeks. Right. Okay. When I got Rodney, I went to meet his parents and um, they were working farm dogs. And his mother dot was what I think was probably a kind of a Jack Russell Patterdale type cross more patterdale probably but she was a scruffy kind of black and white uh, dog and his father who was called spike so he's dot and spike uh was a kind of more of a lakeland type terrier look so i've got those three breeds in my head however what was really interesting i think about meeting them is they had complete even though they had completely different physical appearance they also had very different personalities so his mum was so lovely she wanted to come and say hello she was very friendly and um, very affectionate um and wanted just to spend kind of time with you um his dad was a bit more relief a bit more assertive he was there doing a job basically he was um you know protecting his domain and that kind of was his role on the farm um, and it's really interesting because Rodney has inherited both their personality characteristics in that he's very very loving when he wants to be um, but he makes choices um, and you know so for example in the morning he's lovely he wants cuddles he's quite sleepy in the afternoon basically shouting at people anybody that you know wanders past uh, in true terrier style now you obviously met Rodney. <laughs> you know. I did. Now, Very cute. Yeah. Now he kind of is, I don't know, I'm feeling drawn towards the Patterdale, Jack Russell side of things. I don't, he never quite got the broken coat. He's never quite developed that scruff apart from this little bit of kind of beard fluff around here, which is, you know, adorable. But in terms of the rest of him, I mean, he could, apart from his colour, look very much like a Jack Russell to me, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I'm Quite a bit... long legs. He's got really long legs, and it's really Quite funny. Muscly. Yeah, He is in quite good control of his legs, so he's not like a baby, you know, sometimes dogs are quite baby giraffe so he's quite, you know, he's quite nimble on them. But they are a little bit weird, I would say, and, and quite different from any of the other breeds <laughs> that you're probably going to mention. So, have you made any comparisons to sort of similar similar dogs as an adult? Do you have that conversation in the park? I quite often do, you know, especially with the Daxies. It's like, oh, is yours a miniature? No, mine's not a miniature. Is yours a miniature? No, it's this full-size one. No. And they're all so different, you know, particularly between, like, girls and boys. Or even the other day I met someone, I think his legs are too long for a Daxie, you know, even though it's a purebred Daxie. Yeah. So there's so much, like, you know, conversation that happens in the park, in the dog park about about Oh, yeah. it's got funny ears or oh, it's got long legs and you yeah. know quite often now i say well i should dna test him see, yeah. what, see what's going on so interestingly what i get in the park is 
is he a border terrier? That's what I get. And I'm like, well, I, I wish he had more scrub like a border terrier. But that's like, and it's really interesting because somebody said to me the other day, you're a prime example, Paul, of how dogs resemble their owners or owners resemble their dogs. I and I'm like, that. well, yeah. But the, the funny thing about that is that I have got kind of dual heritage as well in, in my, my genetic okay. makeup. And in fact, it goes a bit beyond that. You know, my, my grandmother um, was kind of Tibetan and my grandfather was uh, from Kathmandu and my mother was oh. a mix of English and Scottish. So actually, people throughout my life have never been able to place me either. So I do feel like a little bit of kindred from Rodney in that we're both kind of these little kind of, I don't know, genetic wanderers, shall we say? But yeah, so that's that's Rodney in the present day. This episode is sponsored by Superdog from Vitabiotics, the UK's number one vitamin company. Like all members of the family, your dog needs a balanced diet that includes a range of vitamins and minerals to stay healthy and full of vitality. Superdog's chewable, tasty braised beef tablets are packed with over 21 nutrients, expertly formulated for your special companion. Superdog's available now at Amazon, Ocado, Paws, Superdrug and Vitabiotics.com. Okay, Georgina, I think it's time. I think we have to can't um, hold it in anymore. As our Rodney's test results are in, we finished our science, and now now it's time to learn what Rodney's DNA has to say. Ready? Yes. All right. So, so yeah. thirteen breeds detected. Oh wow! Okay, thirteen breeds detected in Rodney's DNA. The top five <laughs> <laughs> are some Russell Terrier. Oh. Wow, okay, so I know she's a good... 24% Patterdale Terrier. Right, yeah. 20% Border oh, Terrier. He has got Border Terrier. Are you ready for <laughs> this one? Oh, God. Yeah, go on then. 6% Lake oh, Terrier. Oh, wow. That's really interesting, isn't it? 5% Wire Fox Terrier. So we've got a lot of Terrier going on. Wow. Are you ready? Hang on, hang on. Let me just absorb that a bit, a second. Let's, let's so, absorb this. Let's absorb that. So... Okay, Parson Russell Terrier, Pastel Terrier, Border Terrier. So he's a, his top five breeds are all terriers. That's the now, one. That makes complete sense. And actually, there is the three kind of in there that I probably would have expected in the top five. So that's not hugely surprising. And the Border Terrier is what everybody in the park thinks he is anyway. But now you can say, well, actually, he's 20%. 20%. So the Wire Fox and Lakeland, yeah, I think that, it's really interesting that, isn't it? Because his dad did look very much, I would say, like that kind of Lakeland terrier. So I'm yeah. surprised that he's only 6% Lakeland. You've got the advantage, right? A lot of people don't see the parents of their dogs. So they can't have that visualisation of what, you know, what it might be or could be. So this is even more powerful if someone's never even seen the parents yeah. of their dog. So on this result, generally, if his mum, for example, was pure Patterdale, that yep. would have said 50% Patterdale. Yes. Yes. Okay. So his parents were a bit of a Pines 57 themselves from that. Yes. Is that I'm taking from that? Okay. Right. Right. What are we up to now? About 70, nearly 80% are we? Do you want to see why maybe a little confused by his appearance? Yeah. Go on then. So look at all those different types of terrier. He's got 3% chihuahua going on in there, by the way. <laughs> My my other half calls him his little chihuahua, but one percent American pit bull terrier. What? Come on, no there way! You go. No there you way! Go. Mind you, there you go. no. I mean, he has got a little 
bit of big dog syndrome, but I just put that down <laughs> to most terriers do. Wow, what else have we got? Go. So we've got um, Russell Terrier, Bedlington, Chihuahua, Tenterfield Terrier, German Hunting Terrier, a Smooth Fox Terrier, and a Sigian Terrier. He, He's terrier through through, right? Yeah, apart from a little bit of Chihuahua and an American. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's still Terrier. Wow. 97% terriers then wow that is there you go so then you know I, I have a cockapoo and he's he's actually five different varieties of spaniel and you know mm. as a pet owner again I'm I'm abreast of I know what a cocker spaniel is but actually did I know about all of the other types of spaniel that mm. I need to go and now research to understand them so again it kind of digs deeper into yeah we think he's a Parson Russell terrier but actually maybe I need to dig a little deeper into what a tenterfield terrier is for example yeah that's that's his ancestry right there wow and so that is going to change what i how i describe him to people absolutely because yeah. before i would have said you know jack russell patterdale kind of lakeland cross but it's less of the lakeland more of the border i would go with the uh i patter part border parson patter i don't know you could come yeah. up with some kind of mixed name that I might put that out to the listeners. Actually, come up with a come up with a new breed mix for Rodney. Fantastic! Oh wow, that's really interesting. Okay, oh, I, I love what else is going on. Yeah, yeah. So, relatives. All right. So we found thirty-seven relatives of Rodney. No close relatives at this point. Right. One extended relative and thirty-six distant. So he's got some extended family in in our database currently. So we've right. got Izzy here, who's part of his extended family, and there's a five percent crossover in their DNA. Right. And then we've got Spud, Chili. Okay, so these are quite distant relatives, but as mm -hmm. we DNA test more, you may see and find you end up with close relatives. Yeah. Of so Rodney I, at some point. I do know. Rodney's got a brother in London. <laughs> well, then let's get the brother in London DNA testing. And see how no, no, definitely. So eventually within our system, you're going to be able to, um, if obviously the, the the pet parent is comfortable and select that within their settings, you'd be able to get in touch and say, hey, I'm Rodney's dad. And looks like we've got, you know, similar, similar related, related pets. Okay, health. You ready? Yep. Okay, good stuff. So there is no genetic health predispositions in Rodney's DNA. So wow. we tested for 206 and there's no notable or at risk health conditions. So we are all clear there. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, do you know, that feels amazing to hear that. That is fantastic. It's really good. I did have a bit of anxiety about this one, actually, to be honest, because even though I was so excited about the breed bit, I was thinking, oh, gosh, what if it comes back with mm. a you know, with a genetic disease, that's that's amazing. Yeah, there you go. And then you're able to really dig in here to absolutely everything, but it will tell you here are some common conditions in the breed makeup of Rodney. So they're mm. going to really, you know, educate you here. Um, an immunodeficiency gene um, is in Jack Russell Terriers. Um, and then you can see here the 177 clear tests and you can learn about all of those in a lot of detail. Actually, this one here, primary lens luxation is, is quite common, I believe, in Patterdale Terriers. Or, or sorry, no, the Parson Russell Terrier oh, and Patterdales. Here you go, um, which is is around the, the lens of the eye becoming loose and eventually displacing. So it would mean sight issue um, later in life. So, again, very important to understand a lot of this information early. That's amazing. You've got an encyclopedia here of, of, of breed knowledge and, and health, genetic health information for, for you to go and gen up on.
<laughs> yeah and also like when you just started talking there about the lens luxation like i have seen that quite a lot in practice and really? the, the cases that i've seen have been <laughs> so that's really good to know that's amazing yeah. okay traits should we move on yeah 39 trait tests on rodney's dna yeah First we learned he's a very good boy but here's <laughs> what else we found all right so we found three special coat color genes in rodney's dna yeah. mask Thorn and tan points. Right. So if you click into this, you can see he's got two copies actually of the mask um, colouring. Right. Causes dark facial hair, mainly yeah. over the dog's muzzle, which looks a bit like a mask. The yeah. mask variant is also known as M and is found in the MCR1 gene, also known as E locus. So if you see the, the, the picture of Rodney you showed, you can see that, can't you, around his yes. muzzle? Yeah. Um, and you made that point specifically. Yeah. And we can see here that it, it's common in um, the Wheaton Terrier, in boxers. Mm -hmm. German Shepherds definitely have that kind of mask muzzle, don't they, on their nose? Yeah. Hugs, American Bulldogs, uh, and the list goes on. Yeah. So that's interesting. That again, clarifies as to why he's got the dark face. Yeah. What else have we got going on here? So in terms of coat patterns, okay, two copies of the saddle tan coat pattern mm -hmm. alternative names are creeping tan black and tan so when people say oh, what color is my dog oh it's black and tan that's what breeders will use as the, yeah. the name so the ta saddle tan variant is responsible for the red color pattern with a dark head saddle over the back is that what you recognize yes definitely there we go and it's common in common in airedale terriers mm -hmm. you start to see again that german shepherd the beagle, again, that sort of black and tan colouring. Yeah. So that, that gives you the, the information about why the coat colour is the way it is. Okay, coat length. So one copy of the curly coat. Not two copies, but one copy. So interesting there. One copy is probably why you're not seeing that. Yeah. Um, but it is there. And is that Coming from in. the kind of the, the Lakeland and the exactly. Fox? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So just to explain that, you say he's only got one copy of that, mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like it's been expressed in his coat. He's got this area on his back, which is a bit scruffy-ish and yep. has a slight wave mm -hmm. to it, but it's not not curly as such. So just okay. explain explain that with that result that we've got. So two copies is what it requires to be prevalent, is my understanding. So the one copy would just mean that it's not present such. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's there in his genes, but it's not been expressed in his in his kind of is it phenotype in his coat in his coat type. Absolutely, yeah. exactly. So we can okay. see here two copies of the reduced shedding. So as a pet owner, do you hoovering a little less than the Labrador owner? Well, my last dog didn't shed that much at all, really. So relative to her, I think he does. But then when I go, for example, to my mum's house mm -hmm. and see the amount of her that her dog shed i think actually I'm, I'm i've got off pretty lightly so yeah there you go so then again you know um it, it informs decisions that pet owners may want to make when they're getting mm. a dog you know perhaps they want a low shedder so again wisdom is kind of a, a source for being able to identify what dog should i get yeah and then lots more information here about rodney's ideal weight how much does rodney weigh do we know 9.2 kilos oh perfect look so his optimal weight range here is between six and 11 kilos for an optimal weight range for his, his breed type. So again, really important information there. That's amazing. How do you get that from a genetic test? 
Okay, it says here we, we analysed seven separate genes in Rodney's DNA and ran the results through our algorithm to determine Rodney's ideal weight range. So you can read here more weight range. Um, and the weight range feature uses your dog breed and genetic results to determine healthy interval for your dog's weight. That's really, really good information, actually, because obviously with crossbreeds, it's very difficult to, you know, you can do body condition score, obviously. Yes. But in terms of if somebody phoned you up and say, what's the ideal, you know, uh, weight for these mix of breeds, it's very mm -hmm. difficult to be able to say that, isn't it? So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a cool feature, actually. And just yeah. keeps, you know, keeps, again, owners informed about how to manage a healthy weight, which we know is obviously a huge problem. Okay, so body shape, body features. So the head shape, Rodney's has genes for the average to long snout. Yeah. Um, he's got brown or amber eyes. I saw that. Yeah, he has. And interestingly, when the sun hits them, they do go amber. So he has got yeah, amber in his yeah. eyes. Yeah. His ears uh, are more upright. No, they've got a little fold in them. Okay. Um, he's got no copies of the floppy ear gene. Oh. But he has got genes for more upright oh so not completely not yeah completely upright yeah, yeah so so they're not not the side of his head they're, they are upright but then there's a little fold on the top of them okay so um in other news rodney appears to have the most common number of toes for a dog five on each paw four on the back paws correct correct but we do see um an extra toe sometimes dogs have that extra hind um uh, yeah. claw yeah. interesting that that comes out and then four other body feature traits that we tested no copies of those though so that's yeah. his trait information and the one other thing i wanted to share with you was back to his ancestry just digging a little deeper into his family tree so this will blow your mind so there's his parents so again the parson russell terrier mix the border terrier mix and the patterdale terrier on both sides mm -hmm. Then we got his grandparents and his great grandparents. Wow. Okay, so we've got here his great grandparents. All the way down to great grandparents, you can see here that that American Pitbull Terrier doesn't appear within even the great grandparents. So it's way back when in his ancestry that that, that breed yeah. may have, have snuck and, in there. And that's why it's only kind of 1%, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Do you know what? I'm kind of, there's so much in there. I'm going to really spend some time going through that in a huge amount of detail. But I think the key takeaways for me are the, um, the, the health section, seeing that he's got mm -hmm. no genetic health issues, which yep. I, I didn't actually estimate how relieved I feel about that. And actually, just thinking about the, you know, the panic that I might have felt if I'd have seen something there. So that was yep. so, so reassuring. Um, but also all these different kind of terriers. <laughs> it's, it's amazing <laughs> to have such a mix of terrier. But I think what I'm probably going to do as a result of that is look at those top three, which are the, the majority of Rodney, and then understand those breeds a little bit more in terms of you know his needs and, and and you know going forwards what i need to do as an owner and the differences between those you know they may have different likes and dislikes um particularly you know if you own a dog around children or perhaps socializing your dog with other dogs there could be differences there between those three terriers in terms of how they respond so definitely really great from a behavioral 
perspective to dig into that in a little bit more detail. Georgina, that was so amazing. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time to go through that. And I'm going to definitely grab those results and pour over them this weekend. So practically, what do I now go and do with that information? What are the top things you would recommend that an owner does that's just got a DNA test? Yeah. So depending, obviously, on the results, the first would be the health side of things. Now, Rodney's genetic report came back clear from a health point of view. And you mentioned, you know, obviously about the panic that may set in if you saw something there that perhaps, you know, let's face it, genetic information is complicated. If 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 I had a, a one of those genes pop up in my dog, the first thing I'd want to do is understand it. And the second thing I'd want to do is speak to a vet and understand specifically what it means and put my mind at rest. So we do recommend within the product that, you know, if if anything is there that you do speak to one of our vets or indeed your own vet, you know, about what that means. And you can download the report, actually print that off, take that into your vets and say, look, just done a DNA test. I see that he has the recessive gene for X. Can you help me understand it? And what does it mean? Um, on the on the breed side, you know, you've really you've really nailed it already. Is is educate yourself, you know, and and get closer to what it means to build a bond with five different types of terrier, <laughs> or in your case, thirteen different types of terrier. So I think it's just. Um, educate yourself make sure you're obviously reading from and you'll know this but a responsible source when it comes to understanding breed information create an identity for Rodney ensure that you know he is who he is and he's proud of um being those complete mix of terriers there and and really just um tailor then anything that you find based on meeting the needs of the top three to five different breeds in your dog so might that be tailoring exercise tailoring his nutrition for example so it might just you know you might want to make a few tweaks in what you're doing on the behavioral side to see if you can get a better response from him if you do certain things which may um you know in your case terry is kind of going to respond the same the three different types of terrier there that you've got I'm, I'm assuming from a behavioral point of view maybe it might just be worth speaking again to your behaviorist and saying hey look you know this is what i now know how can you help me so you know, really is just about empowering you to make the decisions that you think are right for Rodney. Really, really good advice, Georgina. And do you know what? I am so appreciative of you coming on and presenting those results to me. So I really understand them. Um, this has definitely been one of my favourite episodes so far, just because of this deeply personal kind of <laughs> like a life event I've just had with the big reveal. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I can't believe I've been so patient and, and actually... No, you've, you've been, done very well. <laughs> I can't believe you've guarded those so fiercely as well. But um, it was really, really great experience. And I, you know, thoroughly recommend people to go out and, and get a DNA test for their dogs. Where do people go who want more information? Yeah, so super simple. You visit our website, which is wisdompanel.com. There you're going to be able to choose from three different types of dog DNA tests, ranging from just breed ancestry all the way through to the most comprehensive product that we did on Rodney, which is the premium product. So three different price points there, depending on your needs and purchase and it will be with you within a couple of days. I love it. Thank you so much for today, Georgina. Thank you. No worries. I reckon you should go and throw a breed reveal party now. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the gender reveal parties, you know, let's let's bring them into the world for dogs and have 
breed reveals. It would have to have to be one of those balloons with like thirteen different colours in it. Though I think it just might confuse everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. No worries. You've been listening to the Consult Room. I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please do subscribe, follow, or share this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to get in touch or collaborate, then do reach out to us at theconsultroom.co.uk or connect with me on social media as Dr. Paul the Vet or Dr. Paul Mangtelope.